You are listening to Double Espresso with D, with me, D Sterling. I love a great story. And in season two, Meet the Environmentalists, I will be having coffee with pioneers, game changers, leaders, and entrepreneurs who are truly making a difference in our world. I hope you can join us each week to hear about their fascinating and inspiring journeys. It gives me huge pleasure to welcome the wonderful Bob Blake, Green Social Entrepreneur, to the show. Hi, Bob. How are you? Hi. How are you doing? I'm really well. And I know it's a bit later in the day in London, but you are in Minnesota, USA. I hope you have a coffee close to hand because it's early for you. (laughs) Absolutely. Listen, I'm excited to hear your story and for you to share it because it is really incredible. So, Bob, you are a tribal citizen of the Red Lake Nation of Ojibwe Indians. Did I say that correctly? Yeah, you did. Yeah, Ojibwe Indians. Yep. Ojibwe Indians. Seriously, I have to add it to the list of my languages to learn. You are the founder and CEO of Solar Bear a solar installation company based in the U.S. and Minnesota. It is the only American Indian-owned solar energy business in Minnesota, among about 150, I believe. Yeah, well, um, that changed. There's uh, Winona LaDuke. I think everyone knows who Winona LaDuke is. Um, She has a company now called Eighth Fire Solar. So the Native Americans are starting solar companies. <laughs> I'm super psyched. And that, you know, I'm sure that is linked to you. So that's very, very exciting. And obviously, you are very much focused on the transition to an energy-based economy and away from fossil fuels and moving to clean technology, which is you know a major focus for you in every aspect of your life in some ways. And I guess you for many, many years, have had a lifelong commitment to renewable energy as a way of nurturing our planet and also sharing that in many and multiple collaborations that you engage with in the communities in which you operate. You're also the founder of Native Sun Community Power Development, which is a not-for-profit working with Native Americans, among others, educating, upskilling, working with children and and other groups, and really um, enabling them to transit to clean energy and living with clean energy. And we're going to come back to all of that. But um, Bob, people who know me know that I love data. (laughs) And just for the purposes of um, a little bit of background information, all of which you know, I thought I'd start with a few key facts. So obviously, our living world is solar powered. The Earth's plants capture three trillion kilowatts of solar energy every day. And that's a big number, 20 times more than we use. About 200 years ago, I guess, mankind started to dig up the earth. And by 2019, fossil fuels provided 85% of our global energy. So renewables, so obviously solar, sea, wind, tides, etc., constituted only 4%, which is a very low, terrifyingly low number. Obviously, fossil fuel use and overuse sent us on a very dangerous course. Currently, six out of the 10 largest companies in the world are oil and gas companies. Many major financial institutions and pension funds invest heavily in the sector, although that is starting to shift. They're being called out on that, as we know. Nevertheless, there is hope. Uh, There are companies like yours, technologies improving. We're seeing carbon taxes coming at us. Obviously, it happened in Sweden a while ago. The Stockholm Resilience Center, which is an incredible research organization in this space, 
suggests that if there were a tax of $50 per tonne of carbon dioxide emitted, it'd be enough to stimulate rapid, rapid change in the sector uh, and really push us towards clean energy sources. Interestingly, and you may know this, but Iceland, Albania and Paraguay already generate all their own electricity without fossil fuels. And a further eight countries use coal, oil and gas for less than 10% of their electricity. Of those, five are African and three are Latin American countries. So I thought that was quite interesting. My last fun fact here, and you will definitely know this, Bob, is that Morocco has the largest solar farm in the world and 40% of its needs are met from a network of renewable power plants. So there is hope, and you bring lots of hope in many, many, many different initiatives that you're involved with. To start up, Bob, I'd love to go back to the genesis of Solar Bear. I know it's not just a lifelong passion, but grew out of um, personal tragedy. Could you start at that point and tell me a little bit of that time? Yeah, the it was a very difficult time for me and my family. And at the time, my brother passed away. He was a Minneapolis police officer. Right. He, he had uh, four kids. And I don't have children. <laughs> and, and you didn't have children, I, you mean? I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of the uncle. I was just the uncle that, you know. Yeah, the hey, fun uncle, right? <laughs> I was the fun uncle who I was, was bringing home the new auntie, you know. I was, I was, that was me, you know. I'm not going to lie to you. And... uh Boy, I, my life just changed, and there's, there was this unbelievable, unconditional love that came over me for these kids, and they were kind of all looking at me like, "What do we do now?" And I knew what we had to do. You know, I had to get them through college, I had to get them through school, and you know, start preparing them for life. And but I felt like I wanted to do something else for them, and I thought to myself, "Well, I will tackle." climate change for you and do you kids a solid and save the planet for you. <laughs> yeah, small, small goal, right? Yeah. No holding back. No holding back there. I didn't realize that the problem was so complicated because, you know, we, we, we all seen the inconvenient truth, Al Gore's inconvenient truth. Of course. We've all seen the, you know, we all know the statistics and whatnot. And, and mind you, this was what, 12 years ago, you know, this is, 12 years ago now, probably. Where did you start, though? Because, I mean, sometimes problems can, I mean, firstly, I might add, you, like all great entrepreneurs, identified a problem and went about finding a solution. But this is such a big one, overwhelming, frankly. Where and how did you start? Yeah, honestly, I just, you know, one of the other things, too, was I was working for a company called Ameriprise Financial. And Ameriprise Financial is a they trade stocks, bonds, you know, retirement funds, stuff like that. And um, while I was working there, um, I was involved with a group and we were looking at future investments that we would be, you know, eventually given to our clients and renewable energy just kept on coming up. And I just thought to myself, this is going to be huge. And, 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 uh, and I started thinking about my own tribal communities and I thought to myself, there's 574 of these communities. Yeah. And then I started realizing Americans are the biggest polluters of CO2. Like we're the per capita. We admit the most amount of CO2 into the air. I believe China as a country emits more, but I think per capita, if 
my facts are correct, it's the United States. Right. So I thought to myself, then we really need to do something to like lead in this direction and reduce our carbon footprint. You know, my brother passed away and, you know, my brother was this guy that just always made me want to do better. Always made me want to, he was a cop. My brother was a good cop and, and, uh, but he always wanted me to do the right thing. And, um, you know, was that conscience that sat on my shoulder, so to speak. And, um, out of nowhere, out of the blue, this imaginary big polar bear with sunglasses uh, <laughs> shows up in, in my life and um, just starts taking over and starts telling me all these different things that we could do. And he's like, hey, we should install solar. We should create renewable energy microgrids. And, you know, I'm like, what's a renewable energy microgrid? (laughs) What are you telling me? You know, (laughs) and it was just, and it just evolved after that. And that's really how this really all took off. And tell me today, where do you feel you're at with that in terms of take up in the community, uh, you know, with clients? Are people engaging? Do you see at a grassroots level, people are really engaging and embracing the change for solar? Because I guess in the cycle that you've been in with this business, prices have probably improved. It's less expensive, which was an issue many years ago with wind and solar power and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the message is getting through. I really do. And of course, you know, Americans love their, what do you call brands, you know, and um, Solar Bear just became one of these fun brands. <laughs> I think people, people just love the name Solar Bear. And, I know, and, it's a fantastic uh, name. Names are important, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I really started, I mean, people just, you know, I was sitting in line. I was in lines ready to, you know, go places. And I remember at this one function, there were a couple, like three or four people in front of me and they were talking about Solar Bear. And I was just like, oh, wow. I was like, they're talking about me. And I I just, I, I, you know, that Donna, that hit me then that this was getting serious and that people were, you know, waking up like, you know, we can do all these incredible things. Like, hire, you know, ex-felons, you know, people that were currently in prison or, you know, we can, we can give jobs to underserved communities that never had an opportunity before. And just, there was all these things that I was, I guess I was doing that I didn't know I was doing. I was just doing it because there was just this opportunity to do it. Totally. And on that note, Bob, um, it strikes me that your approach is, is one of circularity in essence. And I'd love to delve into, you know, some of the projects that you've worked on also through your not-for-profit and some of the initiatives, because I think they're very, very relevant to this discussion about the environment, because saving our planet is also saving people. And I think that you have demonstrated that in so many ways. But to start with, could you talk us through a little bit or talk me through a little bit, you know, back in 2018, the company installed solar panels on the Red Lake Nation Reservation Government Center. And I guess in some ways that was the start of a a multi-stage process to make those individuals energy independent. So it wasn't just a one-off. In some ways, that model was something that could be and has been replicated elsewhere in other tribes. And 
it feels like that there's also, and you've talked about this, there's a component of education, educating those people, upskilling, right? Uh, even encouraging people to go on the wild side and become entrepreneurs and set up businesses in, in clean technology and so forth. Talk to me a little bit about all of that and how it's evolved and what that looks like today. Yeah, um, the training aspect and the education piece is something that I think is important because, you know, one of the things that, you know, we have been currently working on in the Native Sun is creating the Solar Cub program, which is all about a K-12 STEAM curriculum. So planting these seeds early with these children because they're the future. And And what I'm afraid of is that if we don't give them the tools they need to confront climate change, they're going to feel helpless. You know what I mean? And so this is really important, the Solar Cup program. And the workforce development piece, you know, getting the community to understand exactly what's happening, how it's being put together, because this is theirs. This is going to be theirs. And they need to be a part of this. And so so letting them understand exactly how everything works. And, you know, I just had one of the guys on my crew just told me yesterday, he's 19 years old, he says, Bob, I want to do this for a career. You think it's possible? I said, absolutely, it's possible. You know, he's just this Native American kid that probably never would have had an opportunity to do something like this. And so it's just really exciting to see how the community is getting involved. And then not only that, though, but like, like you know, I, I had another guy talk to me about a month ago and he said, hey, are you guys cleaning the panels? And I, I told him, I said, well, not, not currently right now. He says, how much would you pay me to clean those panels? And I'm just thinking to myself, there's a job. There's an entrepreneur job right there. Absolutely. Like, absolutely. And it's about role models as well, isn't it? You know, I'm sure some of these kids look at you, look at your team and come up with ideas and you're very reinforcing of them, which is, you know, fantastic. And the role of all of us, frankly, but also, you know, as leaders and entrepreneurs, it's a key part of that. Yeah, I just had a uh, I had a TV crew follow me around for a week, and they were filming. How was that? Me. Yeah, yeah, they were filming <laughs> me for a week. Oh boy, that was a lot. I'd be worrying about my wardrobe, you know. <laughs> I know. I, I didn't even care after a while, honestly. But like, they had me. I was talking to the kids, and um, one of the kids came up to me and just said, "Thank you, Solar Bear," and she hugged me. Oh, beautiful. And it was, that's why I do this work. Absolutely. It's literally creates that feeling of doing the right thing, right? And, Absolutely. and doing it more and more and bigger and better and guiding and leading more and more people. You, Bob, I know, believe intrinsically in the power of solar energy to solve many human crises. You know, the climate crisis is one of our collective making. I am the last standing optimist on the face of the planet, and I believe there is hope, but we have very few years to reverse this. And it does start with education at the youngest age, and everyone has to play their part. Um, Clearly, nation states and large corporates have a very significant role because things trickle down. But in saving the planet, you are using your component, which is solar commercially, to solve many, many different issues. And I know you've talked about the fact that in many Native nations and and on reservations, there are a lot of problems such as poverty, extreme poverty in many cases, acute cases of different types of addiction and so forth. And 
you as a collective and as a business and also through your not-for-profit work with these communities to educate, to retrain, to prepare for employment and so forth. Tell me about that and your work in addition with former inmates and people who are currently in correctional facilities. Yeah. um, So I was a part of a jobs kind of program where we were kind of trying to think outside the box and it was basically, you know, how can we get individuals that were formerly incarcerated um, into the renewable energy industry? Giving them a second act as well. Yes, exactly. And I have this belief or this kind of, you know, I don't know what you say, but I believe healing is in the environment. You know, beautiful. I thought to myself, well, why couldn't we get these guys to do solar installations? You know, like, why couldn't we fight mass incarceration with climate change? You know, why can't we fight climate change with mass incarceration? I love these interconnections because they're real and they're human and they are highly relevant because obviously this group that you're talking about, which is a very important theme to me uh, and through some of the work that we do in our foundation here, Center for Entrepreneurs, often these people don't have a chance. And, you know, interestingly, the U.S. is way ahead of most developed countries in finding and creating programs to rehabilitate people who have unfortunately been on the inside. And um, so I really salute you for that. And and I guess it's giving them hope to be doing something meaningful, right? It's not just your average job, no matter what the level or what the task is. It's about being part of something much bigger, i.e. helping yeah. solve the problem of climate. Yeah. Absolutely. It's about purpose. As I was going around doing some of these talks and explaining the programs, I had a couple of soldiers come up to me that came back from you know a deployment um, overseas, and they said, "We need this in the military. What you're talking about is what we need as soldiers." Because also, I, I you know I understand. I don't know the exact um, statistics, but I know not just in the U.S. but elsewhere, particularly where people have been in extreme situations, uh, war zones, and so forth, that there is a high rate of um, suicide among that group. So that is also a factor in, in getting people back into something, helping them move along to the next stage of their professional life, you know, and working to give them a purpose to get up in the morning. Absolutely. You said it right there. I mean, that's that's exactly what the Returning Citizens Initiative was about, but it, it inspired, you know, other kinds of programs to, to kind of take place because people do see that healing is in the environment. And we, as human beings, like, we have decimated our surroundings and inherently we know this. And I think subconsciously we're we're all at the point where, you know, that how we start dealing with our problems, whether it's PTSD with our soldiers, whether it's re-entry with our returning citizens, there's a lot of trauma there. Absolutely. And that's why I say when, when these guys are out there and they're doing things for the community and they're helping their fellow man, that right there, it, there, there's so much that comes from that that we, I don't think we really see. And um, I, I couldn't believe just how people took to that program, though, around the country, too. I think it was New York. New York was the last state that I had talked to about that. I don't know what happened, you know, but um, I just I gave out my information to everybody. Like, this is how we put it together. This is how we did it. Like, good luck, you know. Um, well, that's where you get the ripple effect, right? Because everyone can do this in every business. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Everyone could do this. 
everyone can do this. This doesn't stop with me. And I want everyone to do this. And I want, you know, we have to like ripple it out. Who cares gets, who cares gets credit for this? It doesn't matter. Like we don't have the time to debate. The world is like, collapsing around us we gotta move fast 100% Bob I'd like to visit it's a very very big subject and we only have so much time but I'd like to just hear about you and your incredible origins there are 574 native nations in the US each with their own distinct and rich histories cultural diversity, their strengths, their lens on life. And there's such a wealth of history in there, which a lot of people are very unfamiliar with. Even thinking back to the former, uh, well, the Trump years, I think ex-USA, there was a lot of coverage of uh, you know his relationship with these Native nations, not a particularly strong one. You know, scandals in the past around casinos and land grabbing. There was a well-documented um, coverage of, you know, trying to rescind reservation status of 300 acres of land of the of one of the, the tribes. Also, very unedifyingly, you know, some not particularly nice language used, uh, taken from, you know, tribal languages and so forth. Tell me about that world for you. You entrepreneur, you U.S. business person, and so forth. How has it formed you and who you are? Yeah, great question. You know, I realized that I, you know, as a tribal citizen of the Red Lake Nation, we we have a very unique relationship with the federal government that no other people have, and it's that distinct relationship that I believe is also an opportunity to combat climate change, right? And it's that status that I want to be able to kind of use, you know, for things such as tribal utilities, tribal utility commissions, right? Um, You know, these are very important things. Absolutely. Creating a marketplace for new technology in the renewable energy industry you know, people don't understand that, you know, we have a lot of incredible renewable energy entrepreneurs who are, you know, coming out with great things, but they don't have a market to sell into. And so tribal nations can be that marketplace for them to get started so they can scale up. You know what I mean? And this is really, really important. And so this is where I really see uh, tribal nations playing a big role in combating climate change and pushing these dinosaurs, because we have these investor-owned utilities here in the United States that they don't get pushed. You know, they're dinosaurs. Um, but, you know, the only thing that can push them, in my mind, are tribal nations. So, you know, it, it's, it's that's why this is really important, why tribal nations really need to play a big role in combating climate change and being a part of the solution and leading the way. I've always said before, you know, it was uh, – Native people's responsibility to take care of Turtle Island before everyone got here. And it's going to be our responsibility to take care of this place when everybody leaves, <laughs> you know? And, right. and, and, and so that to me just says that, you know, we have to lead in this direction. And so, you know, that's where I really see it as far as like our sovereignty and our particular status. And if I could too, you know, if I could just say a, a chi miigwech, which means a big thank you uh, to the people of Ireland 
um, because they, um, you know, I'm Irish. <laughs> they, they, uh, they donated uh, to the Navajo Nation during this pandemic that we just recently had. Um, I think it was Adam Clayton from U2 or maybe yes. it was, I forget who it was, but you know, this went back years when, when native people donated to Ireland when they were going through their hard time and they donated back. And I just thought that was so beautiful between um, native people and the Irish and the Irish, the native people. I just thought that was just beautiful. And, you know, and so, you know, we native people recognize that and we, we appreciate that uh, the COVID uh, was a big situation here. So, um, so uh, I just want to be able to say that, cause I know that there'd be some people in Ireland that hear this, but understand us natives over here, we all know what happened. So we appreciate that. <laughs> well, that's beautiful. And I think as well, it's about sense of community, you know, and in some ways we're all closer than we think. And yeah. and I guess, you know, Ireland is a small country with, with very deep sense of connections to people, family, friends, looking out for one another, etc. And I think that's very much part of the ethos, certainly of your immediate family, but you know, the broader communities. And it is interesting what you talk about here, this community environment where people can galvanize much more rapidly, right? Set up businesses because there's support, there are people around them, where, you know, people can come up with ideas and there's a, there's perhaps an openness within these communities, despite the hardship that many of them face. What was the biggest influence to you from, you know, being in a Native nation yourself growing up? Oh, wow. Um, you know, I, well, you notice the poverty, you know what I mean? You, you notice the sense and the, the lack of opportunities. And um, that's one thing that I'm trying to change with the work that I'm doing. And is to, to be able to create those opportunities to create uh, uh, generational wealth. We're unable to do the, the whole, you get a mortgage, you know what I mean? You have a piece of land, you have a mortgage, you build wealth, you know. Uh, we don't have that vehicle on tribal lands because it's held in trust by the United Absolutely. States government. And so, you know, consequently, we have poverty generation after generation. So I'm thinking to myself, how do I combat that? Well, let's create businesses. Let's create, you know, economic development. And and, and that's really, I think, uh, Native people's way of dealing with this colonial capitalism mindset, because it's it's really that that's destroying us. That is what's destroying this planet. And so how can we have a circular, more circular economy, you know, within our own community, and then being able to better deal with the outside economy, which is this colonial capitalism, predatory, you know, kind of model that, you know, obviously our belief systems don't agree with. And how do we combat that? And how do we set the terms instead of that always setting the terms on us? You know what I mean? And that's about ownership, right? And it's about, yep. um, creating independence for oneself and one's community, one's family and so forth, which gives people strength. You know, if they feel independent, they feel stronger. They feel they can take on problems. They can solve problems, that there will not be barriers in their way. Have you ever felt in your career to date and uh, your entrepreneurial journey that there have been roadblocks put in front of you because of your origins and because of the community in which you grew up? Oh, absolutely. Have you experienced the, the the kind of the American dream that people talk about and uh, you know reflect on of of infinite possibilities if you want to go for it if you if you want it badly enough you'll get there that type of thing. There's truths in both of those, right? Like there has to be this inner thing that says that you got to move forward regardless. 
it, and, and I'm telling everyone out there, being an entrepreneur is difficult. It is so difficult. Okay. I don't recommend it to everyone. Um, <laughs> second thing though, is, you know, like you said, it's, uh, you've got constant people that are trying to trip you up. You know, some of your best friends are going to be, you know, some of your best frenemies, you know what I mean? And, and you don't <laughs> know, and you don't know, and they're all coming at you and, and you don't know who's who. And so th- there is a lot that goes into this. Um, I, I wish, I wish I could tell you it's easy because, you know, unfortunately, it's not we, meant to be easy as I always say. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, but you know, that little girl, you know, when, you know, I mean, she called me solar bear. My, my name is Bob, but she, she called me solar bear and she said, thank you. You know, and she hugged me and, you know, it, it's those, those, that's who we're fighting for. You know, the next generation, you know, the, the ones that can't fight for themselves, you know what I mean? The, you know, the people that are, that are blind or, you know what I mean? Like we're, that's who we're fighting for. That's why I do what I do for them. You know what I mean? Because they can't do it. And that's why I get, I'm so passionate about this work and I'm so, and I'm just so driven by, by, by all of this because, um, you know, they're the ones that make me get up every day. A hundred percent. Totally. So Bob, if we're looking out over the next couple of years, what are the things that you're excited about specifically? Are there new technologies coming in? Are there new initiatives you're involved in, you know, on your quest to move the dial one solar panel at a time? What does that look like, the next the horizon? Absolutely. I mean, all of the above. I think that uh, at least here in America, right, we have this new administration with Joe Biden yeah. and um, just it's just so hopeful. Um, it's a fresh breath there. Honestly, I mean, you people don't know what we went through. (laughs) Well, we sort of do remotely. I have lots of American friends who are complaining a lot about those years during them. (laughs) We, uh, that was the worst four years ever (laughs) of any administration. But, you know, honestly, I mean, that's what makes me very hopeful is that we've got some very smart people now up there. And I know who these people are just because of the industry. And I'm like, yeah, that's who I would pick. You know what I mean? Right. So, Fantastic. so like, yeah, I'm kind of a geek like right that. People in the right seats, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of a geek like that. Like, I'm kind of a geek, like, in a sense, like, I know who are the policy, good policy people, who are the good, like, you know, uh, you know, thinkers outside the box, you know, who are, who, who's really doing some heavy stuff. And you, you, I gotta be honest with you, the United States, this administration did a wonderful job at getting these guys in there. The other thing too, is just the technology that's happening. I can't keep up with it. I can't keep up with it. There's, every day there's something coming out in our industry that is making it that much easier to do this. And it's bringing down the cost. And I mean, you know, we're, it's, it's, forget about natural gas. You know, this is solar is it. I'm sorry. They won. Solar won. And I mean, if if people just need to see how incredible this technology is, it's coming down every day. There's new, new, more ways for us to, it's making it easier in the solar industry. Things that we were doing a couple of years ago, we're not even doing anymore because it's It's just just moving that quickly, right? It's moving that quickly and it's going to get better. You know, the devices are getting smaller, they're getting easier. The clips, the, you know, the things that we use to put these systems together are just being, you know, um, developed. And so honestly, uh, you know, if I could tell any kid out there right now, I'd say go into renewable energy, go into tech. This is where it's at. Absolutely. Clean energy is where it's all happening, right? Yep. So 
We have to wrap slowly, but I hope it's the first of many conversations. One question I ask all my guests, because this is about coffee, of course, um, who they would have coffee with, if it could be anyone past or present, who would that be for you? Wow. You know, I, 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 I can't help. Okay, so can I just say something about myself real quick about this? Of course, with pleasure. I've read all the philosophers, you know. Who's your favorite? Oh, boy. Uh, Black Elk, uh, Socrates. These are the guys that I have read. and But that's who I would love to have coffee with, those guys. You know, talk with them, pick their brain. Because it's the ideas, right? If we don't have the ideas, then we can't develop. We can't develop the solar array. We can't develop the policy that needs to allow to for this to be complete. You know, it's those the philosophers, man. They create the world around us. It's the thinkers, right? We have to think more. I'm absolutely with you on that one, and I think it's you know the exchange of ideas which enables people to come up with the idea. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and make it into something, because as I often say, you know, self and people go, I nearly did that. Well, well, they actually didn't do it because they nearly did it, which means they didn't, if you know what I mean. So yeah. it's about coming up with great ideas. They don't all have to be original. Right. And allowing yourself to really explore those thoughts. So if you were sitting with Socrates, what what would you ask? Give me a question that you would ask him. Well, I would ask him, why is man? you know, so, how you say, uh, ignorant. I mean, just why are we so proud? Why are we so vain? Why do we have to have such ego? You know, what is ego? Why is ego? Why is ego, Socrates? You know? That is a big question, Bob, <laughs> and we will have to continue this offline because it could take a while. <laughs> but I look forward to that. Thank you so much for being with me today, all the way from Minnesota. And thank you for sharing your incredible story. And I look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you, Dee. Thank you for joining me on Double Espresso with Dee. I hope you enjoyed this episode and can subscribe and share these fascinating stories. 